God of love, may only your words be spoken. May only your words be heard. Amen. This morning in Matthew's Gospel, we remember the Transfiguration. When Jesus ascends the mountain with three of his followers, is transfigured before them, and stands with Moses and Elijah, representing the Law and the Prophets. This morning we remember Peter, God bless his heart, whose impulse it is to build places or tents for Jesus and Moses and Elijah to stay. It is good that we should be here, Peter says. We remember God's voice again proclaiming Jesus, God's beloved child. And we remember this morning that all of this disappeared just as quickly as it appeared. As Jesus and his followers go back down the mountain toward Jerusalem and all that waits for them there. This morning, we gathered here, we are invited to consider anew how we might practice transfiguration in our own lives today. I would bet the chances are good that most of you are here this morning because at some point in your life, you experienced a transfiguration of your own, though you may not have used those words. But you may have had an experience of God that planted a seed within you that you would keep seeking and that would keep you seeking that experience for the remainder of your lifetime. Perhaps a word spoken to you by an elder, knowing the unconditional love of another, or a moment when you offer that to someone else. I know I have had mine. The reason I find myself ordained and leading a congregation is due to a deep desire I have for others to know what I have known in my life about the transformative love of God in Christ and to experience those moments of transfiguration again for myself in the work. I wonder what transformative, if not transfigurative, experiences are being held in your heart that have sustained you in your lives. Or perhaps it is true that you are here because you've heard someone else talk about an experience of God that they had in their life. And you desperately long for a mountaintop experience of God like that for yourself. Whatever longing it is that you have in your heart this morning, I want you to know that God has placed it there. And it's all there in this story from Matthew's Gospel. Though it seems like an ancient story and maybe a little sci-fi for your taste, I love this story 
because it strikes at a basic truth for all of us who strive to follow Jesus. And that truth is that we might glimpse God on a mountaintop. And that glimpse might leave us certain of the presence of God in our life. But we are always led from those experiences back into the real world. The real world, which is where we are to serve God, no matter how unsure we become of the presence of God. We keep in our lives, keep trying to climb mountaintops, and God keeps sending us back into the hard work of the world. Peter, he just wants things to stay like they are up at the peak, up in the clouds. He offers to build tents for Jesus and Moses and Elijah, set apart from the world, basking in the certainty of God's voice and Jesus' glow. Peter wants things to stay just like that. And who can blame him, really? Peter, quite literally, has his head in the clouds. But Jesus knows that the kingdom of God is not up on that mountain peak. It is back down the mountain and toward Jerusalem, where he is certain of the task that is before him. The path down that mountain leads to the cross. We climb the mountain with Jesus, Peter, James, and John this morning, as we do every year on the last Sunday after Epiphany, which is always also the last Sunday before the beginning of Lent. This feast is, in our liturgical calendar, the moment we descend the mountaintop seasons of Christmas and Epiphany, and we head into the 40 days of Lent that leads us to Jerusalem and to the cross. We will turn our attention from the radiant experiences of God's revelations among us as that infant in a manger is the one worshipped by the Magi, presented in the temple and baptized in the River Jordan. For weeks we have heard the stories of our faith that center on the revelation of God to the world week upon week, reminding us of where God is in the world and how God is moving in the world. Weeks of mountaintop experiences. But we cannot stay there. We cannot build tents and live our lives in Christmas or in Epiphany. We must head into the world where the kingdom of God awaits. We must practice transfiguration. Now, to consider how we might practice transfiguration in our own lives, we might begin by asking ourselves how we are intentionally creating time and space to climb the mountain with Jesus as our guide. 
how might you intentionally place yourself before the presence of the divine? How might you put yourself in a place where you can hear the words again to you? You, you are my beloved. What feeds your relationship with God? And how intentional are you about practicing it? Maybe it is here in weekly worship or daily prayer. Perhaps a time of intentional silence or a long, quiet walk along the muddy river. Where is God waiting to meet you, to show you the radiance of God's glory, that you might be fed and sustained for the work ahead of you? That is practicing transfiguration. But practicing transfiguration is also asking ourselves what tents we have built in our lives to keep God from slipping through our grasp. It's awfully hard to see Christ in the world when we have left him back up on the mountaintop. The tents we build in our lives, they have incredible power over us. Nostalgia tricks us into thinking God was more present back then or back there. We invent the good old days, and we place God in a place and a time that is not our own. Remember back when, oh, Sunday schools were full and overflowing, back when our churches were packed, back when life was easier and people were nicer. More than shining faces and voices out of clouds, the real myths of the transfiguration are the tents we have built for God in our own lives today. These tents do nothing but rob us from God's presence in the here and now, and they ignore the reality that while some might have been living out the good old days of the mountaintop, it was only because countless others were living out their lives on Calvary. We are not meant to live out our lives on the mountaintop. They are but momentary and fleeting glimpses of the divine. These glimpses, yes, they serve to nourish us for the journey back down into the world where we see the face of Christ in everyone we see. Down the mountain and into the world where we clothe the body of Christ. Liberate the prisoner Christ, free the slave Christ, feed the hungry Christ, soothe the suffering Christ, and heal the broken Christ. We do all this sustained by the power of the risen Christ, who is always waiting to greet us at the empty tomb. It is good for us to be here. So come, hear the good news. Receive the peace of Christ and hear that you are God's beloved child in whom God is well pleased.
Share with us in the breaking of the bread where we know the Lord Jesus. Experience the healing power of Christ's love. Bask in the radiance of God's glory sung in joyful voice. Be transformed, maybe even a little transfigured. Enjoy this time on the mountain, for there is a whole world of Jerusalems waiting for you, just on the other side of those doors. Alleluia. Amen. <laughs>